Okay, it's good to see y'all back today. Get your Bibles and turn to the third chapter of the book of Daniel. And this is going to be a very familiar story, a very familiar passage of Scripture to you. And to really to do this justice, I need to read the entire third chapter, which I'm not going to do because I would bore you to death. But your homework assignment is to read Daniel 2 and Daniel 3. Daniel 2 and Daniel 3. So uh, be, be getting uh, your Bibles open to the third chapter of Daniel 3, and we will begin reading here in a bit. But let me just say a few things before uh, we, we read Scripture this evening. I want to say this to every person that is alive this evening. And I want to tell you that I don't know what you're going through because of this situation that we find ourselves in now, this coronavirus. I don't know what issues that you are dealing with. I don't know what opposition you are facing. But I have something to tell you, and that is after this is all over with, after all of this has passed over us. This dark cloud has back passed us by. Victory will be your declaration. Victory will be my declaration. It's like the song that Pastor John K. P. sings. It says, I made it out. I made it out all right. Thank you because you didn't leave me nor forsake me. Thank you because you didn't let my enemy take me. I'm still in the fight because I made it out all right. Now, I want you to understand that during this time, I hope you have been praising God because it's obvious to me that God has kept each and every one of us safe. And if he hadn't, you wouldn't be here today. So you should be praising God through this thanking him, and you know, we, we take so much for granted, folks, and I want to tell you something, you need to stop and realize how blessed we were here, of course, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and like Brother David Siler, I've talked to him quite a bit, he said, you know, this, this social distancing is not real hard when you live where we live, because we social distance all the time, but you know, it, it really but we take a lot for granted, and we were blessed that we weren't affected more severely than we were. So that's the reason why I was encouraging you all ago to be praying for those folks that that you know weren't weren't uh, that blessed. They they just had a whole lot more to deal with than we did out here in the middle of nowhere. But here here's the truth of the matter, and I want you to understand it. People today, there are people that are dealing with a lot of problems and, and, and some issues that they have never seen before. You know, we never dreamed that we would see God's house shut completely down. We never dreamed we would see record unemployment. You know, there's people that's out of work. There, there is people that are hungry. Who, who in your right mind would have ever thought that they would pay you to take crude oil off of their hands because it was at a record low, never seen before in history. And so the fact is, and 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 you're probably going to get 
tired of hearing me say this, but, you know, just this calamity is not over. You know, uh, just look at the economic effect it has had on us, and we've still got to crank an economy back up. And, and, and it's going to be hard to do. It's not going to be just one of those snap your fingers, bada boom, bada bing. We were back where we were before this thing started. There is still uh, a lot of issues to be worked through. There is still a lot of people just like you and me that are seeing things we've never seen before, that are asking the question, how in the world are we going to make it through this mess? But I need to tell every blood-brought Christian here this evening this. You need to be giving God the praise. Why? Because just like the women brothers said in this song, they said, millions don't make it, but I was one of the ones who did. I was one of the ones who made it through the pitfalls, I was one of the ones who made it through the storm and the rain. I was one of the ones who made it through the fire and the vigorous snares. There are others that never made it to the fire. There are others that died in the fire. But I'm alive today to tell somebody I made it out. And not only did I make it out, but I made it out all right. So be praising God that you're safe today. And our prayer is that we can remain safe and, and that God will protect us. Now, let's look in Daniel, the third chapter here real quick. And I'm, like I said, I'm not going to read this whole, whole chapter because I would bore you to death and I'm going to be doing a lot of paraphrasing, but I've already given you your homework assignment. But in verse 1 of Daniel 3, y'all are there, amen? Amen. Praise God we can do that again. It's been so long since I've got to do that. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar, and you can see and read as well as I can, he called all of his government gurus and they dedicated this humongous statue that he built, that he set up. Then look in verse 4, it says, Then an herald cried aloud, or with strength, To you it is com commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time when you hear music, you stop everything you're doing, and you bow down, and you worship this image. Now, I know that's not the way... The Bible says it. As I said, I'm going to be uh, paraphrasing a lot. But look at verse 6. And whoso falleth not down and worship, worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fire furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the music, they fell down and worshipped the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, the king that had set up that image. Now, I'm going to stop reading right there because y'all can read a whole lot better than I can. But I want to look at this passage of Scripture that I believe probably everyone here is familiar with this story. It's a very familiar story, and you probably heard it at some point in your life. It's the story of the three Hebrew boys 
that, that bore the name Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, real quick here, because of this podcast, I don't have a lot of time. How many of y'all know their real names? Okay. Their real names was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I want you to understand that this story in the Bible is real, and it's true. It's not a fairy tale. It's not fictional. It's not a, uh, a parable. But in this particular passage, and what I want you to understand about these verses that we've read, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar was having an ego issue. He, he was having issues with his male ego. And you can see that in chapter 2 of this same book, if you back up to chapter 2, it's the reason I assigned it as a homework pro project for you. Daniel had interpreted a dream for the king. And regarding a great image, a great statue that was destroyed, but what Daniel did, he told the king that he, Nebuchadnezzar, was the, the head of that statue, which was made of gold. Well, that's what caused his male ego problem, because Nebuchadnezzar decided he wasn't satisfied with just being the head. He wanted to be the whole statue. So in verse 1, what did he do? He, he made a statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And therefore, when he built that image, uh, a huge image, he gathered all his political leaders and made a decree that he wanted carried out. And, and he said, whenever the music plays, everyone is supposed to bow down and worship this great image. Now, if you remember, and if you go back to, to Daniel 2 and you look in verses 48 and 49, Daniel, when he interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he was so pleased that the Bible tells us that he made Daniel the governor of Babylon. And because of that, Daniel in return requested that his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be promoted as well. And so the king granted that request. So the young men, these young men, in essence, were in good standards with the king. But understand that they were foreigners. They were, they was, this was not where they were born and raised and grew up. They were foreigners, so they had what we call some haters some haters. There was some old me people in the crowd that were displeased because they found favor in the eyes of the king. Go back to our text. Go back to chapter 3 and look in verse 8 and you will see what happens. And you know that there are people like that today. That, that some people because you find favor in the eyesight of someone else are not going to like you. They're going to be jealous, and, and, and they're going to hate you, and, and, and they might plot against you for whatever reason. But these boys had found favor in the eyes of the king. But now there's a problem. Understand this very clearly. Even though they had found favor in the king's eyes, they did not worship his God. 
they weren't going to worship his God under any circumstances because they knew the one true God. And they knew according to a law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, that it says, I shall not have any other gods before me. So they knew the order of the king, but they refused to bend. They refused to bow. How many of y'all have heard that song? They, they refused to bend. They refused to bow. They, they didn't burn. Y'all remember that? They did not bend. They did not bow. They did not burn. You need to Google that song. It's a great one. But anyway, so there's a problem. And, and, and they, they weren't going. So let me just say this as a side note. Whenever you know that God is your God, and you stand firm in that. You know who the true king of kings is. You don't have to bow down to an imposter who thinks that they are your king. When the Lord is your captain, you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to fly under the radar. In other words, you don't have to bow, period. So look at what happened when these haters found out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow at the demands of the king's music, what did they do? They went to the king. They decided to go to the king and be tattletale and, and, and say, well, these fellows that you promoted, they're not abiding by your command. They're not abiding by the rules that exist. And, and so they went to the king and they said, sir, didn't you say when the music plays that everyone is supposed to bow down and worship your image? Well, some of your appointees aren't doing that. They're not playing by the rules, and, and this is not fair. They, they, they are not bowing. Now understand, look at verse 13. Understand that King Nebuchadnezzar was not the one to be embarrassed, especially not in front of his political buddies, and surely not by these guys who he considered to be his friends. So the record is that he tries to give them a chance to explain themselves. That's what, what he tries to do. He says, bring them to me. Then look on down in verse 14 and 15. He, he asked them, did you not hear the command I gave? He asked them, what is this that I hear that you're not bowing down? I know this can't be true. So he tells these boys very simply, look, you're going to bend, you're going to bow, or you're going to burn. Then, then, who is this God that's going to deliver you? In other words, he didn't want to acknowledge who their God was. So look in verse 16. He says, if you remember the story, they told the king, look, king, we hate to be the bearer of bad news. We know your orders. We heard the music play, but we're not going to bow down. In fact, we're not even going to answer your questions because we know that our God is able to deliver us. But then they added this little kicker. They said, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down and worship your God. Why? Because he is not the one true God. So the Bible teaches us, look in verse 19, 
that King Nebuchadnezzar in all of his fury demanded that the furnace be heated as hot as possible. And he tossed the boys in there. It is said that the fire in that furnace was so hot that when the guards that tossed them boys in that, that furnace, that they was burnt themselves. So this is where we are in our text right now. We find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. The king and his political boys are all standing by watching. So the king decides that he's going to look into the mouth of the furnace, and he sees something strange. Look in verse 24 and 25. Imagine if this king wore glasses. He probably looked in there and he took them off and he was cleaning them and putting them back on and doing a double take because, you know, he said to his guests, didn't we bind three guys and throw them in the furnace? He said, y'all think I'm losing my mind, but I see four. There's four of them in there. And somebody said, well, yeah, king, we, 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 we threw three in there. But the king said, I see four. What's going on here? Understand, folks, and I want you to get this now. This is where you got to start paying attention. There are times when we are going to find ourselves in the fiery furnace. To some extent, we can say because of the situation that we are living in right now, we're in the fiery furnace because it's affected of all affected us all. We've had to change our lifestyles, do things differently. But there will come a point in your life, there has been points in my life where we have to make decisions either you are going to trust God or you're going to trust man. That's what you have to do. And I, and I know that trusting God and I know that walking in God's ways isn't always the popular decision. But I can guarantee you it is always the right decision. And, and, and I don't know about you, but there are times when I found myself in some heated situations that I had absolutely no clue. I didn't know how I was going to handle the mess that I was in. But somehow, some way, Whenever I was in the middle of that fire, in the middle of that mess, I noticed that God was always in the fire with me, that I wasn't walking alone. These young men made a decision to go into this furnace. Matter of fact, they embraced it. You know, they could have bowed. They, they could have had the mindset and said, well, you know, there's, there's a thousand people out there watching. And, and yeah, we, we could, we could uh, you know, to, to see if we're going to bow. And yeah, we could bow and save our lives. And like some say, God knows my heart. But how many of you know that God knows your heart? You see, God knew their heart. God knew they worshiped him. God was right there with them. He wasn't going to let anything happen to them. And I want to tell you something today, church. There are times when you have to just trust God and go into the fire. Yeah, I know it's hot. Yeah, I know it's heated up hotter than it's ever been heated up before. But you've got to trust the maker. You've got to know, as the old cliche says, if God is going to bring you to it, he's going to bring you through it. 
You need that cliche somewhere in your house where you can look at it all the time. If God brought you to it, God will bring you through it. And, and watch this. Going into the fire, yeah, it, it may affect you. You may lose family. You may lose friends. But you've got to understand that's what fire is all about. That, that when things get heated, dead weight seems to start falling off. No, so not only must at times we walk into the fire, but there are times that God's going to place you in the fire. I'm not saying you're going to like it, but I'm going to say that God is going to place you in there. But let me tell you this. Understand that when God places you in the fire, it's not to harm you. It's to make you better. The Bible tells us in Malachi 3.3, He will set as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. So in order to produce the purest silver or the purest gold, that refiner has to leave that precious metal in that furnace for a while in, in that fire. And, and, and the whole time it's in there, what's happening? All the impurities are coming out of it. All the impurities are falling off of it. And to the untrained eye, it may look like, yeah, that, that gold and that silver is as good as it possibly can get. But, it, you know, it's ready to come out. But the refiner knows better. You know why? Because at the right moment and not a second too soon, he pulls it out because he can look at it and he can see his reflection. And it's ready to come out. And that's what God does with us. He allows us to go through the fire. And, and, and we're hanging on there. You know, he allows us to go through this pruning process. He allows us to shed some of the impurities, get some of the junk out of our lives. And just at the right moment, when, when he can look at us and see his reflection, that's when he pulls us out. Now, let me say this. I know that sounds a little unfair. God, why do I have to go through this? God, isn't there a better way that you could train me without me going through all of this? There may be times in your life where you've laid at night crying, asking God, why? You know, there's people that lose mama too quick. There's people that lose daddy too quick. There is couples that had a child that was, was dead before it ever even begun to live. God, you took the best job I ever had. God, my medical bills have medical bills. God, my sickness has sickness. God, how much longer do I have to stay in this fiery furnace? How much more of this do I have to take God, I, I, I've just about had all I can stand. I guarantee you there are people today that are in that situation because of this coronavirus. They're saying, God, I've had all I can take. I can't stand it anymore. But you know what God says? God says, not yet. Not yet. You don't like them. I don't like them. But sometimes God has to get our undivided attention and he can do that. And whenever we think we just can't stand anymore, he says, 
Now, I see my reflection. I hear somebody saying, well, I'm just going to give up. I can't do this no more. Folks, don't give up. This is not the time to give up. Understand that it's just like this young man in this story that we're looking at today. You are not alone. Under any circumstances, you are not alone. Watch watch this. These three men, they were chained. They were bound. And while they're in there, what do they do? They begin to praise God. How many of you still know that when you start praising God, when praises go up, blessings come down. When praises go up, healing comes down. When praises go up, deliverance comes down. When praises go up, miracles come down. When praises go up, your enemies will fall. While in the fiery furnace, chained and bound and heated seven times hotter than it's ever been before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego began to praise the Most High God and the angel of the Lord joined them in worship. That's why the Word of God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Somebody ought to be saying, thank you, God, for the fire. And that's one of the hardest things to do right there, folks, isn't it? It's hard to praise God in the middle of the fire. And most of the time it's because we're too worried about our own self-pity. Why me? What did I do to deserve this? But you should be praising God for the fire because you know why? He's going to bring us out. He's going to bring us out. So understand, the king and all his political buddies are standing around looking and waiting for these men to perish. And uh, these, these haters that got them through in there, you know, they're going to hate, so let them hate. But they're, they're sitting there watching and they're sitting there going, yeah, I wonder what them old boys are going to do in that furnace now. I wonder what they're going to, how, how they're going to handle this mess they're in now. Uh-huh. Yeah, they thought they were something. But I dare you to keep trusting God in the midst of your fire. You keep praising God. You keep reading the word. You keep giving. You keep tithing. You keep praising. You keep worshiping. And God will make you victorious. The king said, didn't we put three in there? But I see fourth, the fourth one. And if you study in this third chapter, you see that he says that this this fourth one looks like the son of God. But wait a minute. He didn't want to acknowledge these three boys God. He didn't want to have anything to do with them, but he knew what he looked like. Folks, you just got to keep serving God. There's going to be people that may not want to acknowledge your God, but they will know what his blessings look like. They will know what his miracles look like. And, and, And that's when you just keep going on. You keep going on because when they realize what's happening, look in verse 26. He says, I heard the king call them by name. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, 
Come here. Yeah, they may not want to acknowledge you now, but when they see God deliver you and bring you out of that fiery furnace, they will call you by name. They will call you by name, and, and they will want you to come to them. You servant of the Most High God, come here. I need you now. I need you praying for me. I need you believing with me. I need you laying hands on me. Then look in verse 27. Look in verse 27. The next part of the text says, When they came out of the fire, that the onlookers looked them over, and their clothes wasn't even burnt. The hair on their head wasn't singed. They didn't even smell like they had been in the smoke. You need to look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I don't look like I'm going what I've gone through. Because these guys didn't look like what they had gone through. They were untouched. So church, the fire isn't meant to harm you. It is meant to purify you, to cleanse you. That's why the Bible tells us, and I can understand it now, Isaiah 48.10, and you may want to grab a pen right quick and write these scriptures down. Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not like silver. I have tried you in the fire or the furnace of affliction. Now I understand why James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. David said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. Let me tell you something. And you get this. You get this. Watch. God didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace. He delivered them in the fiery furnace. You understand that. In other words, God didn't keep them from going in. But when you're in it, God is in it with you. And he took care of them. And I've got to go, folks. But I want to say this. When you find yourself in the midst of the fire and when you're going through all the stuff you're going through and when your enemies are attacking you with guns ablazing, trying to tear you down, I want to encourage you to do one simple little thing. How many of you remember what we teach our kids if they ever catch on fire? Stop. Drop. And roll. You say that's about the corniest thing I ever heard of a preacher. Listen to me. When you are in the fiery furnace, you stop right where you are. And you start praying. You start praising. You stop. You drop 
to your knees and acknowledge God. And then you roll all your cares right over on Him. And you watch what happens. Drop to your knees. Start praying. Start praising. Start worshiping. Roll all your cares over on the Lord and leave them there. I didn't say roll them over on them and then worry about it all night. I said leave them there. Just like the song says, leave them there, leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Because why? I trust God. And that's the title of this sermon today. Was I trust God. Let's pray. Father God, we're just so grateful. For your love, your mercy, your grace. Father, we just thank you for the fire. Why, Father? Because it purifies us. It cleanses us. It gets the junk out of our lives. And help us, Father, to take your word to heart that when we find ourselves in that fire to be praising you. Father, I just pray your protection over this church family today. As we leave here, Father, just guide us, direct us, and keep each one of us safe. Watch over us, Father, and care for us. Forgive us where we fail you, Father. And the folks that are not with us here in this service today for whatever reason, we pray for them. We know there's a couple missing because they're not feeling well. They've got other issues, and there's some folks that are just not here, maybe because they don't feel safe, Father, and that's okay, too. Father, all the folks that we've been praying for in weeks past, we continue to pray for them. We ask for that need that they have to be met, Father, again. We lift up all the other churches, all the other pastors. We lift up all of our government officials. It's a very trying, very challenging time, Father. But most importantly, we, we want to pray for those that are on the front line, that have put their very own lives at risk to try to help someone else. So, Father, we just ask that, and we know that you're going to bring us through this, that we're going to come out the other side. And, Father, I ask that in your time that you could bless us with some rain. Father, it's already getting hot again. And we're starting to dry up and burn up, Father. And we just need some rain to alleviate this situation. So just go with us, Father, and keep us safe. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.